0: I met Kim at work. She's a registered nurse and a mom. She has a specialty in wounds, ostomy, and continence. From the second we met, we bonded immediately. We have similar work ethic, sense of humor, and personality. When Kim told me she was going to start her own business, I was so interested and intrigued. She saw gaps in community home care and decided to fill them. Here is her story. Big Rig Brewery takes great pride in reinventing classic styles and crafting emerging ones using only quality ingredients. Be sure to visit their brewery in Kanata at 103 Schneider Road for fresh pints, food, beers to go, brewery tours, and pinball. Visit their online shop at www.bigrigdelivery.ca for tasty beer mail. Free local delivery in the Ottawa area and free Ontario-wide delivery on orders $70 and up. Check out the description box for Beyond the Bedpan promo codes. Kim. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. You look amazing.
1: Thank you. This doesn't happen often. I, uh, <laughs> I changed out of my stained um, sweatshirt, my mom gear for you. This is just for you.
0: Oh, you shouldn't have. Um, I've started wearing sweatpants or like pajama shorts. And then I just look nice from the shoulders up. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's a lie from the waist down. (laughs) 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 I've got root sweatpants and I'm not going to lie. I'm on day three of wearing these bad boys, but they're so comfy and like, they're just going to get stained anyway. So, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean I've got like a smell policy for lounge clothes. So like if they smell or, you know, Liam will drop milk and some or whatever and that that gets stinky after a few days. But um yeah, no, that, that's it's just more laundry. It's just more laundry.
1: Exactly. Um, do you mind if I open up my beer?
0: Please. So I actually I am having a wine instead of a beer. Oh, Cause cool. I'm getting over a cold and the carbonation. Um, makes me like clear my throat constantly. Not that the wine's any better, but it's not yeah. carbonated. <laughs>
1: it's The antioxidants, right?
0: Oh, beautiful. So
1: I, um, I used your promo code for the big rig. Um, and so I've never tried this one. It's the called midnight kissed my cow. And <laughs> I love I it. I 100% bought it because there was a cow on it. So I've never had it. So, oh my gosh, it's like black beer. Okay, it's a chocolate stout. Okay. Look at your knowledge
0: know. there. I wouldn't know what that was. I'd be like, uh, I think I need to go get a new one. <laughs> Something wrong with this one.
1: <laughs> Something's wrong.
0: How have you been? Good, good.
1: Um, it was a good week. I, uh, I managed to finally get my hands on some Bieber balls this week.
0: All right. Okay. Explain this. Cause I've seen it a little bit, but I have not explored. You
1: haven't explored Justin Bieber's balls yet.
0: Uh, um, no, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, they're, they're not called that, but why wouldn't they call them that? I mean, but they're, they're called Tim Biebs and they're, um, they're three specialty Timbits right now that Justin Bieber himself, um, created, and so I went today and I got some and they
0: were, they were pretty good. Not they were lie. good. Um, yeah. I bet you that some, someone did think of Bieber balls and then they were like, well, it's Tim Hortons. <laughs> it's not Hooters. <laughs> so um, yeah, the target audience, probably not ideal. I'm learning lots about marketing since doing this podcast. Oh, very nice. You know, imagine I switch professions altogether. Oh, that'd be crazy. How was your week? Um... A bit of a blur it's my whole life is a blur i don't remember <laughs> anything because okay. it's it's constant um no kids home this week that was great uh, um potential heaven. for one tomorrow though oh no but that's okay that's okay i got a couple days that's all i needed um okay so we work together
1: yes we do <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have just the best time um but my listeners, all like 75 of them, may not know who you are. So why don't you introduce okay. yourself?
1: Sure. Um, my name is Kim Huggard. At least that's when some people call me. Um, I work with Christy on, the, um, on a wound and ostomy team at a hospital, one of our local hospitals. I also um, have my own business, which I started in the past year. Um, and I work in the community doing the same thing, wound and ostomy consultations.
0: And you've worked um, at Chio
1: in the past too. Yes. Yeah. So I guess my, my brief little synopsis here is, um, I started my career out at Chio on the, um, the psych unit actually, um, oh, great place to start like fantastic group of people. It was, uh, the one thing I have to say, I really miss psych rounds in the morning just oh. be clear that you're not being sarcastic right
0: now because no, I'm not.
1: I'm not like... being sarc- if that's coming across as sarcastic, <laughs> it is not. I love like psych nurses that what a great place to start! Like it was just gave me the people skills that really launched my career. Um, but then after a couple years, I moved to a medicine floor at CHIO. And that was about the time that they were starting to do layoffs at the hospitals. So it was at that point I transitioned to community for a while, and I worked as a visit nurse. Um, and then I decided I wanted to pursue a specialty in wounds, ostomy, incontinence, or the NSWAC specialty. Uh, and yeah, so I did that. Worked as an NSWAC for a while. Um, And then uh, worked with a couple agencies as their NSWOC. And now I work in, like I say, I have my own business and I work at the hospital, and it's been great.
0: That's amazing. I want to talk about your own business. Um, But first, I want to talk about community nursing. Okay. (laughs) Because I'll be honest, community nursing is not something that I ever thought was for for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some experiences. (laughs) You really see people. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it, but you see people at their, at at their most vulnerable because you are a guest in their house Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: yeah. And there's no like end it's end in sight. I, I always had the hardest time being like leaving the house. Like hey I I gotta go. (laughs) I I felt like I was like, okay, I guess I have to stay here all day.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard. It's, it's very hard um there's this kind of perception i think sometimes that community nursing isn't you know real nursing as compared to a hospital um and but i have to say i actually have done more um utilized such a broader range of skill set as a community nurse as than i ever did as a hospital nurse um and yeah it is holistic care because you are doing everything. And it really drives stuff home that you don't see in hospital. Um, Like how a patient's socioeconomic status really impacts their health status and how they got to where they are with their health. Like it just... I'm so appreciating all my time in community, Um, especially if you've never seen some of these things before, if you've grown up with privilege and you've never gone into like a shelter or anything like that, it's just mind opening experience.
0: This was exactly my experience. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I grew up in a, a very happy Middle class, um, hardworking parent household. I was also the three, the third child. And from my older brother and sister are much, much older than me. So I I kind of was an only child by then. I was a later baby. I was pretty privileged. And mm-hmm. I wasn't exposed to a lot of stuff that you see in the community. And I think that's why I had such a hard time with it. My mind was blown. Mm-hmm. Like I remember walking into a house and um there was just stuff everywhere, like hoarding yes. kind of stuff. And yeah. then the ostomy, they changed the ostomy appliance in the kitchen next to um freshly washed baby bottles for a baby.
1: Oh <laughs> does that tell me you're a nurse without telling me you're a nurse, right? Like does that that would trigger you so bad? Oh
0: for yeah. for someone with critical care background who's kind of type a CD. i was like oh my god 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 what are you doing but like you can't you can't judge them obviously and you can't tell them to do it differently because this is how they're set up and it was just oh it was bad it was so bad and then they were like yeah we're on like the third week of this bag and like yeah. Because it's expensive and they have to pay for it out of their pocket. You think you see the whole picture of a patient when you look at their chart in the hospital. You see nothing until you enter their home.
1: Absolutely. I've gone into hoarder homes. I've gone into homes um, with infestations. I've gone into homes of people with severe mental health who have had, I kind of call it the trifecta. (laughs) where they they have, it's not funny, but they have the infestation. There's usually feces on the walls and they're a hoarder. And they usually Like you see, uh, those those homes are few and far between though, I'll say that. Um, But yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest um, moments in my career of really realizing the privilege that I grew up with, I didn't think I grew up with a lot of privilege. but compared to some people, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I was in—I was in someone's house. They were in a little town home, and there was like twelve people in this town home for starters. Like, just th- there was a body everywhere, just trying to find a space to sleep. And they came home with their groceries, and I heard them next door in the kitchen while I'm doing a vac dressing, and I'm hearing them portion out every single piece of food that they bought so that it could just last
0: long enough. And
1: I was like, oh my god, like. I can't even imagine doing that.
0: Oh my, yeah. And then here I am at home as a child eating. Like, I don't like potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> I want something else. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing in the community that I noticed, um, that I hadn't witnessed in the hospital yet, and I'm sh- I'm sure you do see tidbits of it, but I had um, a colleague who had followed someone from the Children's Hospital. And was like, oh my God, that, like what a beautiful family and blah, all this stuff. And then I get to their house to do their home visit and the parents are clearly separating. <laughs> you know, like they mm-hmm. hate each other. I have <laughs> never felt so uncomfortable yeah. around two adults and, and I'm also an adult. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like there is some serious tension in this house. And yeah. in the hospital just a week earlier, they, they seemed like the perfect family. Then they go home and it was uh, like you could cut the tension with a knife. And I remember saying like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like I, I did see them. Um, are you sure it's the same family? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And you really see that that social side of what's going on with people as well. So it's it's mm-hmm. really difficult. Can you speak to the state of home care right now? In regards to staffing?
1: (laughs) Oh, um, we community care just hemorrhaged staff throughout this pandemic and like hemorrhaged staff. Um, No one talks about it enough. No, they really don't. Um, So what kind of happened is before COVID, um, the community nurses we get paid less than hospital nurses and we don't usually have a pension you know or as many benefits um but a lot of us are okay with that because we like the job like the caseloads were manageable um but then once caseloads started becoming unmanageable um and then COVID hit and then, um, when COVID hit, all these public health nurse jobs opened up, hospitals were hiring. And then, you know, and these community organizations, some of them did not adapt to that. Um, they kind of kept the status quo in terms of how hard they worked the nurses and how they underpaid their nurses. They weren't competitive. So the nurses left. Um, and that was it and uh, we've seen it in in hospital right that there are patients sitting in hospital beds right now because they can't go home even though they can receive their care at home because there are no nurses um it's awful and it's impacted every type of community care whether you're doing palliative or pediatrics um if you're working in a school you're doing shift nursing in a school yeah it's it's been not great for community nurses
0: the backlog of um, how, how the community nurses affects the entire healthcare system is not always recognized. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. if you're not fully capable, not capable, um, you know, if you can walk and you've passed the physio tests and, you know, you can function mostly to take care of yourself at home, that's fine. But some people need dressing change. Lots yeah. of people need dressing changes. Some people um, need help in our case with their ostomies for a couple of visits when they get home. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention your IV antibiotics and just every other type of nursing care. Yeah. And if you can't get that in the community, you can't leave the hospital. And yeah. if you can't leave the hospital, that means you're, you're occupying a bed and uh you know nursing staff and then that means the people who come into emerge who need a bed do not have one mm-hmm. so the how important it is to have community nurses I don't think is fully understood
1: I agree and um there is what I have found is there is a significant lack of understanding of the fact that community nursing I think is a specialty um and that I think some of these organizations and community think, well, we're just going to hire a bunch of nurses to to fill the staffing needs, um, and I saw this happen a few times where they hired nurses, but caseloads never came down. They're like, we don't understand what's going on. I'm like, well. You know, in IT, they have, a, they have a saying where, you know, nine women can't make a baby in one month. Like, <laughs> and it's the same with with nursing. Like, we have so many specialties and community is one of them. And it needs to be recognized as such.
0: I agree. And it, it's just such an important part of it. I mean, I, I remember having a patient last year and uh, he, he could he really wanted to go home. He was passing away and yeah. he really wanted to pass away at home. And it was right around uh, like Christmas time and didn't want to die at Christmas. And it was very complex, but there was, there was no one to take care of him. There was no home care available Mm -hmm. and he, he was refusing to stay in the hospital. So we ended up having to teach his wife um, how to care for him medically. And that's not fair because we've now taken her last, last chunk of time With her partner away and have made her the caregiver and i remember just feeling so sad i was like this is this is not right and that was the first time even i was aware of community nursing being in a huge shortage
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's bad economics too right like just from the top down it's to have people in their own homes it costs so much less versus someone to stay one night in a hospital
0: yeah Absolutely. And you're right about it being a specialty because I'll, I will admit it was not for me at that time, you know, things change. And I often thought about it because the hours are a little bit more flexible and, Mm -hmm. you know, it it would be nice to kind of dictate my own schedule that way. But at the time it just wasn't for me. Um, but it is a specialty. I mean, you don't, you don't realize your body mechanics and how good you have it in a hospital until (laughs) you're suddenly in somebody's bedroom. Without being able, you don't have lighting. You don't. Have, yeah. oh <laughs> you can't God. move the beds, um, or someone has a fall, and then you're you're there, right? So there's a lot of complications that come around with it. Mm-hmm. There absolutely are. <laughs> so you still, in some way, work in the community. Yes, but privately now. I do. Yes. Okay. Start at the beginning. Okay.
1: Um. So this decision came, um, it was something I, I was kind of toying with the idea before I actually made the decision to do it. Um, I'm not the first one to do this. And so, I, so that's kind of what planted the seed was seeing others in my field who have done this. Um, and it happened when I left one organization for another one and in community, and I found the same problems that I was encountering in that first organization I was getting in the next one um, in terms of just the decisions that were being made from the top down like they just it was really about it it wasn't about the patient care let's just say that (laughs) Um, and I was just very disheartened by it I was not practicing the way that I ethically felt I should be practicing Um, And it was to the point as such, I felt like it could end up being a liability on my license because I was so pressed for time. I wasn't doing the job that I should have been doing. Um, Yeah. And then, so I I ended up leaving.
0: Sorry, I want to interrupt you there. What do you mean by pressed for time? Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. So you're kind of given a schedule. um, And the thing when you're coming in as a specialist is you the you know your employer that you're working for has to be flexible with your time because you could go in for for what you think is going to be a simple wound consult for example and it can end up taking up your entire day especially if you have to get family involved you have to get the Lynn involved it's a lot of stuff and and I find I just kept finding that I wasn't given that time for to do appropriate follow-up and and so and my patients weren't really getting the results that they should have and the care that they should have. So,
0: yeah. OK, that makes sense.
1: Mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah. So so I, I left my my job at that second organization um, and right away as I was laying there, they, you know, they were trying to convince me to stay and I was like, no, it's just it's not for me anymore. I'm going to I'm going to try out the hospital for a little while. And then they point blank asked me, like, are you starting your own business? You know, can you start right away' it's your own business like it is. And I was like, oh okay um And then so I started my own business and then I kept I kept having people um, ask for me, which was like because there was so much demand for what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what kickstarted. It was just the demand was there and I had the skill set.
0: That's amazing. So mm-hmm. where do you even start? Because I, I've always been, I've known that you can have your own business and I, I known that you can work privately, but it's something that's always scared me and I'm sure that it can scare a lot of other people too. Mm -hmm. So how do you even start?
1: Okay. Well, I wrote down some steps because I am a Type A personality and I like to make lists.
0: (laughs) I love a good list.
1: (laughs) Love a good list.
0: I also have Uh, a list. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) This is why we work well together.
1: (laughs) Our lists, our Excel spreadsheets. Um, Okay. So, a disclaimer to anybody listening: this is by no means a TED Talk. So, like, I am, I am brand new at this. So, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not an expert, so I'm just going to tell you my experience from my point of view, and take from that what you want. Okay.
0: I'm taking notes too.
1: Yeah. If sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the first thing you kind of need a business plan when you're starting. Like, what are you going to do? What are you good at? Um, what are the gaps that you've identified in the community or in your workplace that you could fill? Um you know and what are your goals like what's what's the kind of business that you want to run so so that's that's step 1 is just figuring out basically what the heck are you going to do <laughs> and when you when you what's cool about this is when you start getting in that mind frame you really start to see the gaps in the healthcare system like they're everywhere because there's so much stuff that falls through the cracks with us um, in healthcare um And then so after I did that, I then had to decide what type of business structure I wanted. Um, So there's three business structures, you can um, you can incorporate, you can operate as a sole proprietorship um, or a limited liability. Now I don't ask me about the minutia between all these three because I'm still I still don't know 100. <laughs> percent I do not have an MBA, um, but in terms for me because I was working in healthcare, I decided to go incorporation because it offers the most protection. Um, yeah, and then after that, I reached out. So I guess point two was um, talking to people who are already doing it. And trying to learn from their experience. I, I reached out to a few people. Um, they, they were so generous with me. And I have to say I really appreciated that because some, you know, I think sometimes we try and get competitive, we want to hoard our secrets, but they were very open with me and told me all about their business. So reaching out to community. Um, third is your financials. You know (laughs) do you you know where are you at financially can you even start a business right now um you know i'm pretty fortunate in the fact that you know my my spouse has a pretty good job and we've always kept our the way we live um pretty low-key for how much we make so we we've we have money put away for a rainy day fund but it definitely means sacrifice as well like we're not upgrading our house. We live in a little townhome. We we're not going on vacations. So and uh keeping your startup costs low is another thing. If if you can, like don't start out by trying to like run a clinic, you know, <laughs> like
0: that's so fun. In my head right now, I'm like, I think I want to start a clinic. <laughs> and then you said that. <laughs> gosh. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, I, probably not. Like if you can start out of your house, because then you can write off part of your, you know, your house and start small. You want to try and start out with as little investment as possible. Um, and you don't want to have to give away any parts of your company uh, to investors. So start small and then scale
0: up. Good advice. Yeah. Um. Probably the most important and the thing that everyone is probably worried about the most is insurance yes
1: uh, very important for to have the extra insurance especially in healthcare. care so for me i just went through rnao they have um i think it's called magna that i went through yeah and um It's basically kind of like purchasing car insurance, where you can choose the package that's going to suit your business. Mm -hmm. If you have employees, you're going to want more insurance. Um, If you're operating with any sort of electronic platform or electronic medical records, you're going to want um, data protection insurance. So you just kind of click and choose, like you would for car insurance for that.
0: That's one of the things that I wonder about is the charting. And I know personally, I've asked you a lot of questions about it Um, because, you know, I've only worked at a a major hospital and Mm -hmm. I've had some experience in a, in a community hospital when I did clinical teaching and it was um, shocking because where we work, there's just so much structure and so many rules. And uh, like policy policies up the yin yang and I'm just so used to that that like mm-hmm. if I don't do it that way, I feel like i I'm doing something horribly wrong. So how do you chart like or or do you chart at all? I do. um so
1: right now because I work as a subcontractor for an organization, um I do all my charting through their system. okay yeah um but if you are starting out and you want to do your own charting um there are different options you can take the most important thing though is you have to be p hipaa compliant yeah and so that that's a big thing um which is the personal health information protection act um so the way that you store data you know what what servers around the world is your data kicking off of um what programs are you using there are some apps out there for healthcare professionals to make this easier like Jane app Um, Mm -hmm. or if you're going you're dealing with larger organizations like maybe you're looking at the Microsoft business um suite so there are a few there's different options out there depending on the size of your business I think
0: Yeah. So Jane app, I don't know if you, um, if you listened to Antea's episode, I think you did because you love the business (laughs) part. (laughs) Um, you've already mentioned a few things that she mentioned. So her, her biggest passion is filling a gap that she recognized. Yeah. And that's the first thing you said in the business plan, what is a gap and how can you fill it? And I think you find that gap by, by what you're passionate about
1: absolutely absolutely it's um there's so many like just the other i remember being a community in community and we used to do these trial of voids Mm -hmm. and then someone told me uh, so basically it's when someone gets their catheter pulled out and then you have to you know do the bladder scan or a catheter insertion so many hours later um to see if they've actually voided everything out and they were telling me that at the hospital, they do them at the hospital, but people, they go in in the morning get their catheter pulled, and they wait around all day until they get their bladder scan. I'm like, what a waste of freaking time. I'm like, and that was just one idea that popped in my head. I was like, if I had, you know, money, I would just pay and have this done at home and not have to wait in a hospital all darn day. Or so why can't like- you do that
0: at the life labs? Right? Yeah, like right. where they do the blood work it's that's a checking your bladder is very simple task it's
1: so simple so simple so yeah there's lots of ideas you just got to look around for them um oh one thing we should talk about um lawyering
0: up oh yeah <laughs> <Such> a how <laughs> i met your mother reference i love it
1: <laughs> oh gosh might as well love that show um yeah you're if you're new to all of this like I am you're gonna want a lawyer um so I got a lawyer that works with business or corporate law um because especially if you incorporate you're gonna have to get something called like a minute book set up um you're gonna be drafting up contracts and they can actually do that incorporation process for you they are (laughs) expensive (laughs) um like you're looking at between two hundred to three hundred dollars an hour for a lawyer, but, but these
0: lawyers will give you thirty minutes uh, for free to at least like give you a quick run over to even see if this is some, a, a way you want to pro, uh, like progress, you know?
1: Exactly, yeah, exactly. And and once you have like once it's set up, you you're not going to le- need your lawyer that much after that, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> fingers crossed (laughs) fingers crossed but worth it i had my lawyer look over um and draft a contract for the organization i'm I'm with now and it was it was awesome it was so cool to go through that process and you know you you give the organization say this is what i want these are my demands (laughs) and then they (laughs) one back and you i felt so cool it was like i'm gonna have my lawyer look over (laughs) (laughs) and then such a
0: boss bitch
1: oh I felt so boss bitch in that moment uh it 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 was worth it because she she actually was able to tweak it so that at the end of the day I'm
0: very well protected um it it was well worth the money so that's the startup but you mentioned subcontracting so once you have your own business then what how do you make money
1: um well, it, I guess that kind of depends on your business. So you mean like, how do I charge or?
0: Well, like how does, so you subcontract through a company. Yes. Um, that does community nursing. So how does that process work? Like, how do they hire you and how to, how do you get paid?
1: Okay. Um, so they hired me. I was recommended to them by um, a fantastic uh, NSWOC that I've worked with before. Um, so she had recommended me, which was very generous of her. Um, so that's, was my foot in the door there. And then at that point, because I had taken that earlier step of talking to other people within my business community, I was able to kind of come up with a rate right to charge. And then, you know, I said, this is my rate. These are my terms. Um, got again, did the contract and then I invoice them and, you know, I charge by the hour. Um, I, I, you know, every minute that I do, I am paid for. I charge for kilometers. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of that, how that process works. And then I send them an invoice and then they send me the money. So the patients don't pay for you no no in so the way it works with these community organizations is that um they themselves are contractors for the government okay uh, yeah because in community they privatized it it used to be a uh, von and then it got broken up to a bunch of different community organizations um so basically patient let's say patient gets dar- discharged from the hospital the LIN, or local health integrated network, or now they're called HCS, whatever you know. They used
0: to be called CC. <laughs> they keep changing their name. I can't I, keep. Up. I get the emails. I don't read them.
1: <laughs> I don't they're so long. Um, so patient gets discharged home. There, while they're in hospital, the government social worker that's there shoots out their their contract um, into this database, this portal and the agencies kind of bid for it, one of the agencies gets the contract, the government pays the agency, and then the agency pays me.
0: So nothing is directly out of the patient's pocket, which is good, but you you are still your own private business. Yes. So answer me that, first of all, Mm -hmm. I love that you're doing this, and (laughs) you've inspired me. I want to do this eventually, but... (laughs) Is this a good or a bad thing for healthcare in Ontario?
1: I mean, ideally, I don't want this to happen.
0: Um,
1: ideally, no, I don't think this is a great thing overall. It's if I could structure it the way that it would be structured. First of all, there wouldn't be contractors like it. Like there wouldn't be all these private community agencies. Um, you know, who can then sub like it. it just It's very fragmented, the system, the way it is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, there's just, there hasn't been the motivation. And there's just not enough, I think, oversight from the government perspective to kind of change that, um, which is what has led me to this point. It's, yeah, I, I I hate that my job is necessary. Let's just say that
0: interesting. yeah. Cause I I've had patients ask me before. I mean, I'm sure all of us uh, uh, on our team in particular have, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've helped them through something and then they're about to go home and they, they grab your hand and they go, can you take care of me at home? Like, can you do this for me at home? Like, how much yeah. do you charge? I've been asked that more times than I can even count. Yeah. And I actually feel bad. You know, I'm like, oh, no, sorry, but I feel bad for them because they're, they're yeah. so scared and they're they're not stupid they know that there's no one available or very few available in the community and they're terrified to go home but they've often asked me you know can can I pay you to do this for me when I yeah. go home and I don't I'm not set up for that so my answer is always no mm-hmm. um but that's when someone says they have their own business that's what I think of I think of charging patients which and that's definitely an option mm-hmm. but the way you do it is not that way
1: no it's not that way um that being said though i i think i've moved beyond the point of feeling bad about charging a patient you know when i can i do direct patients through the government way of doing it because i feel that the services i provide the government should be paying for that's what we're all entitled to but let's be real real here for a moment okay and this might this might make some people angry but this is how I honestly feel.
0: <laughs> we're, we're diving it. Tell we're us how you in. really feel.
1: Okay. So one of the things I think that hit me hardest over the past two years is I thought, and this was probably naive of me, I thought, man when pe- when the general public finds out how bad nurses have it there's going to be protests <laughs> they're going to
0: stand up there. <laughs> oh bless your heart <laughs> people <are gonna> <laughs>
1: they're going to care they're going to be marching in the street nope nope none of that happened and you know that's my question right now where are the people marching for their public health where are they yeah. Where are they? And I get that people are busy. I myself am guilty of it. We all have so much going on. And I think we're just all
0: overloaded no,
1: by the stop. Stop right there people. with being busy. Like,
0: no one is that busy. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> because sure. let's be real honest yeah. for a second. We are all scrolling, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, watching TV, mm-hmm. you have five minutes To email your MPP. I don't give a fuck who you are. (laughs) Nobody is too busy to send an email. You Mm -hmm. sit on the toilet, get off Reddit for two minutes and send an email because you're right. They're not listening to us. And the only people they're going to listen to is the public. So where are you? We need you. That's it. And that's kind of. You
1: know, we're moving towards a private healthcare industry. It's I don't think this government has really made it a secret. And that's probably why they're not motivated to change it. They're happy to just kind of, I think, let things let the cards fall as they may. Um, and the fact that people aren't standing up for their own health care. Uh, oh, it's bananas to me because this is I think for people that work in it, the idea of equitable health care. It's not just a job to us like this is this is a core value that we have as nurses. And I think that's been one of the most gut wrenching things about the past two years is seeing that system that we believe in, that we've dedicated our lives to, that we sweat and put our tears into just fall apart and humble. There has been silence. Oh, sorry. Some people have banged some pots and pans. Thank you for that. But other than that,
0: we want you to write a letter. <laughs>
1: yeah, please write your MPP. That's what we need. Write. Yeah, your, I don't care about your Facebook posts. Write your MPP.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not changing the world with that.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: I I couldn't agree more. I. I, and the thing is, is that it's the nurses fighting, but we are so tired. Like yeah. we're trying to fight for you. We want the best for the public and for healthcare and our, our loved ones, you know, like I have friends yeah. and, and my parents are, are getting older and I want them to have the best healthcare possible. They came here yeah. for the healthcare and I, I want them to fight. You know, my mom's very good. She, she's always emailing her counselors and stuff. Um, so I can't, I can't complain on my end, but it would be nice to see, to see people fighting more and we just can't do it for much longer. We're exhausted. I mean, we work all day. Some people work nights and weekends, and then they've got families at home and their own personal stuff going on. And then on top of that, we're trying to advocate for the healthcare system. And it's just not that sustainable for us to keep doing it. And I think a lot of us at this point are feeling very defeated.
1: Yep. Yep. That's it. Listen, it's just, I'm not, so this is what it comes down to. Like, I'm not going to work in the healthcare system and also be expected to save it at the same time. It's impossible. (laughs) You can't put that on your shoulders. You're burnt out. Like, we're all just so burnt out by this. If the public doesn't want to see privatization, they've got to stand up and fight for it.
0: Yeah. Um, And this is exactly why the superhero um, Ugh. analogy is really pissing people off. We're like, no, we're not superheroes. <laughs> like we're normal human beings who are on, are all burning out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, and you know what? I don't even like the term burnout sometimes because I feel like it puts an onus on the nurse a little bit or the healthcare worker, mm-hmm. like, let's just call it what it is. I think a lot of this has been exploitation versus burnout like I'm I'm just gonna throw that out there I really think that's what a lot of this has been and just historically so with our profession so you're not wrong
0: you're not wrong they take a lot of our rights our rights away Mm -hmm. um I want to talk about your work ethic Kim (laughs) sure (laughs) um it's perfect I want you to to talk a little bit about your view on work life balance. And you you came into my life exactly when I needed you. I'm not kidding. Like I was, and since up until recently, up Mm -hmm. to my eyeballs in in work workload. Yeah. And at home, just at, at, at just as high a capacity with all of the crap that comes with the schools and the, and mm-hmm. COVID and the kids. And, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I think the, the rules are right, but it's a lot of work. So you came yeah. into my life and you were like, oh yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and you were just the,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you are my millennial soul sister.
1: Aw, thank you. <laughs> because okay. I, I
0: agree with your work ethic. I yeah. just got lost in it. And Mm -hmm. I needed you there to pull me back out of it. So thank you for for just, I don't know, fate just brought you in when I needed you. But I want you to talk a little bit about that. The generational uh, differences and work ethic.
1: Yeah, Um, so this was, I'll give you a bit of background about why I feel this way. And you kind of touched on this with your Instagram stories the other day. Um, The family one? Yeah. The Can you talk about that for a second? Because that kind of ties in.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I'll be pretty honest about it. I had a therapy session just discussing like balancing work and home life because it's very, very hard. Um, and I I hate saying that because I, I try and like, it sounds like my life is special because it's it's hard. And that's not true. The pandemic is hard for everybody. But to have both parents who work outside of the home in, um, you know, frontline work basically. And then to constantly be called or not have a kid allowed to go to school (laughs) and have to go get COVID testing and, um, then stay home till you get a result and then try and figure out childcare because kids can have coughs for months and it is draining. And every time I would call in, um, I felt so guilty you know, I was like, oh, like I, I, I owe them my time, like this is my job. And she said to me, in the past, employers have put out a term called work family. And what that does is it makes you think that you have a commitment to your job that is comparable to the commitment to your family. Because mm-hmm. you're calling them a family. And um, I had another guest on here, a colleague of mine, Alicia, who said, you know, I I hate when they they put it on us. They make us feel guilty about needing overtime. Oh, we're three short today. Yeah. Can anyone come in? And it's not yeah. our job to staff the to make sure the hospital is adequately staffed. Mm-hmm. It's our job to do 100 percent when we're there. Mm-hmm. But when we're not there, you're making us feel guilty and we feel allegiance to go in. Yeah. And at what cost? Right. So I found that she just blew my mind with that (laughs) because I've used that term a million times. I I. always use all my work fam, my work fam. No, (laughs) I adore my coworkers. I really do. And, and there are some who have become my friends. Um, but I'm. I'm not their mom, and I'm not their wife, and I'm not their daughter. I am needed elsewhere, and I'm not replaceable at home. Mm -hmm. You know, I am the only mom that my kids have, Um, and currently, I'm the only wife (laughs) that my husband has. And I'm. I'm. You know, the only, Mm -hmm. not the only daughter, but I am the only me that my parents have, and yeah, at work. You're replaced in a second. You know, like you're lucky yeah. if they even know your name by the end of the week. And you just put prioritization in the wrong places. And mm-hmm. that drains you mentally.
1: It absolutely does. Yeah. And so I basically learned that lesson the hard way. So, so I have two reasons for believing in my work philosophy. So, my philosophy is you do your job does not require, should not require you to give 100% all the time, that is not a fair expectation. Um, And it's not achievable, it completely drains your energy. If your job is requiring you to put in 100% all the time, there isn't, there's an issue with the way that organization is structured and staffing. You know, that is a systems issue. That is not a you issue. Like you cannot take that on your shoulders. Um, and so that's kind of my philosophy. Yes, are there days where we do have to give more? Absolutely. But as a baseline, no, I, I don't give 100% every day at my job because that's not reasonable. I save it for the people that matter. And there's and my two reasons are, number one, every job that I've worked at where I have given 100%, that became the standard. And then it was like, oh, well, she can see 12 people in a day. So we're just going to give her 12 from now on. Or we'll just give her 13. And it was so I was completely, you know, I, I'm going to say again, that's kind of an example of that exploitation that I was talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then my second reason, um, the one that really drove this home for me was the death of my dad so in 2019 my dad became very sick um, and it was so stressful driving back and forth to see him Um, and then so he passed away and then another family member passed away and it was a lot Um, and there was no no forgiveness given to me really. Like if anything, my caseloads got harder because we kept losing experienced staff. So my workload increased. Um, And at that point, and when my dad passed away and I looked back and I was like, what was the point of this? Like none of my colleagues are here. Like when I'm in my darkest moments, all this did was rob time. And I feel this too. Like you know, I'd have these crazy days at work and I would come home and I have nothing left to give my family. Like I would just be lying on the couch. I didn't have the energy to scroll my phone. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? The cost is too high for this. And, and really after my dad died, I was like, uh, it's time to be present for the people in my life that are going to be here. So, so my new rule is <laughs> if, if I will give a hundred percent to the people in my life, that are going to be there for me in those moments you know, those people that you can cry on their shoulder. You can ask them to help you move. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> I'll maybe like give you a good moving company <laughs> and I'll come drink wine with you in the kitchen while they move all the stuff in. But like, I'm not going to fill up your van. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'll take that too. I'll take that too. But yeah. Save, save your energy for those people. That's
0: what matters. It, it yeah. it's it's so true like oh I just couldn't agree with you more and I remember um I remember your first day mm-hmm. I was like, hey, so we see six patients and we leave at four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly when I knew we were gonna yeah. we were gonna click and she was like, okay and I was like, sometimes things come up um you know, there's exceptions to every rule. yeah, but here's how to organize your day and if something comes up, save the reassesses for the end. So you can bump them. Like mm-hmm. you leave at four, you get home to see your family for dinner. And that is, that is, I, I will not negotiate on that rule. And that's how we knew we were work soulmates.
1: Yeah, I love <laughs> when you said that, Oh, it was like music to my ears. And I was just like, Oh, and you know what? I'm a better nurse now because of that, mm-hmm. because I have that balance and I'm not like, putting so much responsibility on my shoulders Mm-hmm. I honestly, I can say that my practice has improved and I'm able, yeah, like it truly has. I I love that. Yeah. It's that work-life balance. Yeah. And,
0: and somebody gave me that advice, right? Like I didn't make that up. My first day, someone said, you see six patients and you leave at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I can do that. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, there's, there's days where you know, things come up and uh, I, I feel like I am very good at triaging. Yes. But there's some days where you're just like, uh, they, they all kind of need to be seen and, but those are rare, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they come up after long weekends or, you know, long periods where, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's more rare. Yeah. Okay. I've got some questions for you. Okay. Um. and Then I we need to talk about TikTok. But we'll save that for the end. Okay. <laughs> you created a monster. I am obsessed. So <laughs> let's just quickly so let's good. just quickly say I was like, oh, I'm not getting TikTok. Remember, <laughs> remember, like such a <laughs> such a 35 year old, 36 year old thing to yep. say, right? Such a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Such a millennial. I'm not increasing my social media, and then you came into my life and at <laughs> lunchtime Kim, Kim and I share an office and at lunchtime she rolls her chair over to the corner she takes off her shoes kicks her feet up puts yep. in her headphones <laughs> oh, disappears yeah. for 30 minutes yeah giggling in the corner <laughs> and I was like yep what are you doing and she was like "Just watching TikTok <laughs> and Kim you oh, are yeah. the most you are the most professional human being <laughs> on the surface <laughs> until you get to know you. Uh, And I was like, you watch TikTok. And then I, at lunch, I listened to podcasts to two bears, Mm -hmm. one cave, which then I found out you like too, and then you were like, I want to send you these TikToks. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll get an (laughs) account. And then all you did was send me TikToks and they were hilarious. (laughs) Oh my God. These people are funny. It's not at all what I thought it was like, and I think that's your algorithm. Yes. Yeah. So that is um quite telling of me that my algorithm is angry, ranting adults. <laughs> yeah. The preach TikTok. Yep. Oh my God. It's your one
1: you did the other day, though, was so good. <laughs> so this, okay, clean talk is <laughs> ridiculous. And like the people that are on this, so just to give some context for people listening, it was like this woman pops on and she's <laughs> talking about how she like.
0: Cleans behind her fridge once a week. She's lying. Then, she doesn't. She's lying. There's nobody does that.
1: Or she's a psychopath. Like, <laughs> there's no <laughs> reason you should be pulling out your fridge other than when like someone needs to come and repair it. <laughs>
0: and I or love like you maybe that. you've had like a mouse or some ants or something. Like it's got to be borderline <laughs> infestation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me to clean behind my fridge, and like I don't think I could physically yeah. move that. Like I have a big fridge.
1: Yeah. I can't say I've ever moved my fridge. I don't plan to,
0: but here's why I love it because yeah. you and like four other people who I know follow me. Yeah. <laughs> so I am just like having fun with it yes. to a blind audience because mm-hmm. I am not self-conscious at all. I posted something today about avocados. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, what? laughs> That's amazing. It's just like, it's so much fun and it's really yeah. easy to use. I yeah. find it very user-friendly. I, I'm just obsessed. And there's this one, Um, he's a lawyer. It's funny that you mentioned lawyers and I probably sent it to you. This is what Kim and I do all day. So. <laughs> TikToks back and forth and back yeah. and forth.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and he was like, I don't want you to talk to God without me being present. Don't talk to God about your case. Like I need to be <laughs> that so, so funny I am anyway you you have created a monster out of me <laughs> I'm kind of glad I did it <laughs> oh it, it was the last thing I expected from you but I'm so happy it happened
1: I think if that fits in with all your social stuff though you're so savvy with the socials so I, I don't do any videos I just like to create Christy's stuff because she's hilarious if you do not follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok you need to because like
0: no, forget oh. Instagram. I, I don't care about Instagram you're... anymore. I am. Oh, I spend okay. my day on TikTok. I just think it's so <laughs> funny. There's That's people so funny. who are just like, "Good morning," and I'm like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like,
0: but now my algorithm is so inappropriate that like Nora can't follow it anymore, and she's not happy about yeah. that. So my daughter was um, primarily the reason why I got the TikTok account because she yeah. wants to dance and um, and like videos and stuff and. Now it's, it's no longer catered toward a a six-year-old girl. It's catered towards (laughs) a bitter 36-year-old millennial.
1: (laughs) The rant talk. It's it's got to flip you over to the kink talk. You know, you've made it once you, once your algorithm flips you to kink talk.
0: So this was your advice to me is because I was like, well, obviously the obvious choice here is to quit nursing and become a TikTok star. (laughs) right uh. <laughs> <laughs> So um how does one do that? because I'm getting like only 200 views, where are my millions? And yeah. Kim was like, oh, you need to um just like parade around in a bathing suit and it'll be done. So I told Ryan that, my husband, and he was like, well, so like, do you need me? Are you telling me that I have to do it? And I was like, yeah, will you? <laughs> and I was like fully ready to exploit him <laughs> to become TikTok famous. Like take off your shirt, right?
1: <laughs> no. Oh, oh with the guys, it's the um uh the chopping wood is a big thing.
0: That's what I was watching when we started this. <laughs> and then that girl that um oh, what is her name? You know, she wears the tiara and she's was putting on chapstick. She was she was like
1: pinky patel, I think. Yes,
0: yeah, and she was like, I'm very curious as to why you need that much wood. <laughs> yes practical about it she's like why what are you doing
1: yeah and i love the guy that you put me on he always sends his videos like thank you and he's got a very so funny humor yeah
0: josh something oh man he's good too i think actually a good segment for this is like if you and i once a month just have a few drinks on the podcast and um go through our tiktok like what we send each other oh (laughs) yeah i'm i'm down for that that would be hilarious i think that might get a lot of views Okay, back to question and answer. We okay. had, we had to veer off to it. Okay. Um weirdest thing you've seen in a house during community visits?
1: Oh gosh. Um there's been so much. <laughs> um okay. One time I went into I went to this lady's house. She was such a nice little lady. She had Jesus everywhere. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was alarming. Like it just, <laughs> <laughs> there were Jesus statues, there were Jesus t- tapestries. <laughs> he was everywhere. Oh, oh, oh and it God. was just like, I was trying to do her, like her leg dressing. I'm like, I feel very uncomfortable right now. Like this is, this is a lot of Jesus, you know? Oh my God. That's just, so
0: funny. That's, a, it's funny that you said that. Cause I was like, my biggest fear of going into a house is like that it's full of creepy dolls and clowns and stuff my uh one of my one of my best friends she hates dolls so my like mission in life is to like send her every creepy doll photo that I that I come across but but (laughs) this is yeah but this is my um this is my biggest fear I don't like clowns um I'm not crazy about dolls that look like Chucky and stuff so Jesus statues I I think that falls into the under the umbrella (laughs) I I think so
1: I did go into another woman's house once too and she had it's I don't know why it's the women it's usually can I say (laughs) it's usually ex-nurses too (laughs) ex-nurses are the craziest flipping patients out there um that's true That's true. This woman had like the Chucky dolls, but they were all brides. Like it was a bride, (laughs) and again, it was like, oh my gosh, it was so much. It was like thirty dolls. Um, in her like
0: you need sage after your visits, like just in your car.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Need to smudge that house and in my car
0: and my eyes. Okay. Question number two. Okay. Advice to new nurses just starting out. Oh,
1: well, first of all, all the nurses that have started their careers in the last two years, like, well done. It, like, <laughs> I know I laugh, I laugh a lot, but I want you to know I'm being serious when I say like you like really congratulate yourself. This has not been an easy time to start and like, honest to God, like good for you. Like, I am so proud of you. Like, I don't know you, but I am proud of you and good for you for, for daring to go into this field right now. Um, I guess my number one piece of advice is just don't put it all on your shoulders. It's not up to you to fix the healthcare system. It's not up to you to make that, to heal that one patient. You know, it takes a team. You just do the best you can with what you got. And that's all you can do.
0: That's good advice. That's perfect. And then last, um, as we work together and we share an office together, <laughs> um, what is something funny slash embarrassing about me that you'd like to share with all of our listeners? Oh, gosh. And I'm asking this because someone's yeah. asked me to do a um, get to know your host episode.
1: Oh, oh that's a good idea. So I'm going to
0: do that one next. Okay. So this is a good segue into it.
1: Oh, Okay. Spill um, my
0: dirty little secrets, Kim. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I think you all need to know Christy is super professional. Um I was Again, she's not being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm not being sarcastic. This is this is the truth. No, she is she's very professional. Um and the first time I met you, I think I was almost a little intimidated because like you're you're just so good at what you do and you're so intelligent, you're so professional. And then we, you keep know, we, going, guys, keep going. You keep know, going. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I kind of got to know your sense of humor and uh we were talking about how we you know we don't like being stopped like we just want to get from point a to point b <laughs> and I was talking. You, you said you're like I work very hard to make my face
0: unapproachable I do <laughs> I, I do
1: talks. oh and I just died i thought that was the funniest thing
0: okay let's talk about that for a second because it's (laughs) it's a sore subject for me so um there's something about me and i don't know if it's because i'm short and blonde and like super super basic but (laughs) i get stopped i'm not talking daily i'm talking like every single time i walk down a hallway someone stops me and asks me a question and i do my Best to avoid this. Like I, I have headphones in if I'm not working. Yeah. Um, I'm looking down. (laughs) Like I am, I am avoiding the world. Like I just want to get from my car to the office, and that's it. And then from my office to all the patients. Like, but every single time somebody asks me for something, and like, I, I think when I, I was showing you around. And I yes. was like, here, we're going to take, I always walk through the first and the third floor. And the reason being is because they're not inpatient units Yeah, <laughs> there's no one here. Yep. And it's, it's not that I am trying to be rude, but I'm busy, man. And like, I don't know where half the stuff is that they're asking for. Like oh, they yeah. want to know where, um, I, I don't know, some random clinic and tested I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't work there. I don't go there. Where do I take blood? I'm like, I don't know. I actually don't know because I don't get my blood taken here and I've never yeah. been there. So please just go to the volunteer desk. But I've even had, you know, that little TV screen at the volunteer desk right now. Yeah. They say hi to me. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I am trying. they're like, you know, they do the little wave and I'm like, no. Like I'm yeah. trying so hard to avoid everybody. Just leave me
1: alone. <laughs> oh my God. See, this is why I refuse to get fillers in my forehead. I need my, yes. my angry, my angry line in
0: between my eyebrows. I agree. Um, yeah. I would yeah. never get Botox here. Not yeah. in, not in between my eyes, because I need that glare. I need those two lines. <laughs> yes. That is, and that's all we have now. We're yeah. covered in a mask. It's true. And goggles, and like all I have is my forehead. Yep. So I need those lines.
1: It's true. It's that I call them my uh, my resting bitch face lines. But uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I earn them. You know what? I don't want to get them filled in. I earn them. No, those are your
0: stripes. You need to wear those with pride.
1: Exactly. I got them because I was. (laughs) It was so funny the other day I was reading something on my phone and. And then I actually turned the camera on and it was on like self <laughs> <laughs> I I like, that. Oh God. <laughs> and I was looking at and, and I'm I'm making this face. And I'm like, that's why I have those lines. It's because I'm constantly reading stuff that's making me go, what the fuck? Like <laughs> and that's how I get those lines because that's the exact face I had. And I think I was scrolling the news
0: and I was like, oh gosh. Okay. Okay, we're gonna end on um yeah. One more surprise question.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: I want no more than a one-sentence answer. Okay. Thoughts on anti-vaxxers? <laughs> um
1: it's uh, it's a dense population that COVID uh, <laughs> runs through, right? <laughs>
0: population
1: density has shown to be a factor how's that for
0: you (laughs) it's good enough okay bye kim i love you bye love you too okay